You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money with Brenthurst Wealth. And with me today from Brenthurst Wealth in the Western Cape is Sonia Duplessis. And we're going to talk about something called... The living will. Now, the value of a living will is a piece that Sonia kindly sent me earlier today. And Sonia is on the line now. Sonia, what is a living will, first of all? Can you please describe it before we get into the details? Lindsay, I'm, I'm going to read to you the definition of a living will so that we don't get confused about it. Um, living will is a directive or an advanced directive. In other words, statement of wishes that represents an individual's wishes to refuse any medical treatment or attention in any form of being kept alive by artificial means. It guards an individual's family members and doctors in the event that the medical condition of that individual is at a stage that makes recovery unlikely or when the individual can no longer make medical decisions for themselves. For example, for, for instance, being in a vegeta- vegetative state um, or terminally ill um, you know, or irreversibly being in a state of irreversibly unconscious. Um, and a living will can also provide for the execution of personal wishes like organ, do- organ donation. So it's, it's, quite, um, so, it's, it's quite a tricky subject then, Sonia. Yes, yes, it is very tricky and I think also very sensitive. Um, and, you know, Lindsay, as financial planners, we don't always just focus on the the hard number crunching facts of, for example, investment returns or choosing which asset class is the best for a client. Um, We also have to make sure that other softer issues are also in place and not neglected, like having a valid last will and testament. And then if that is in place, having a living will or just explaining what that is about. I think it's quite important for, for people to know that there is something out there like that and it will it is something that would appeal to quite quite a few people. Yes, and there's a couple of things I wanted to say, but maybe right at the end of the interview, but let's have a look now how different it is from a last will and testament. Because everyone has to have a last will and testament and it has to be updated quite regularly from conversations yeah. I've had with you and your colleagues in the past. But how is this one different? Yes, so very important last will and testament um, definitely takes priority. That's a very important document. Um, Last will and testament in a nutshell deals with the distribution of your assets. And it's a document that that ultimately at death will be lodged at the master of the high court. Um, A letter of executorship will be produced your executor will be appointed and that person will step into your shoes and distribute your assets, where a living will is a document that will be used while you are still alive um, and where, where you get to a state where your family is put in a very difficult position in keeping, or I don't want to say keeping you alive, but mm. um, prolonging suffering and keeping you alive where there ultimately is no means of um, getting better. Um, yeah, as I said, it is, yeah. it is tricky and it is emotional and it is sensitive. And I think what it does from listening to you in the last couple of minutes is that it takes away the responsibility from family members or trustees, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's you ultimately making life easier for families um, where they um, might possibly be in a very tricky situation. 
And it also assists your doctors. I mean, these days, you can be kept alive for months, even years, and not recover. And doctors, they've got a responsibility to give you the best possible treatment um, at a huge, huge, huge cost. And ultimately, um, you know, it's not something that you that you want to do. Um, and it's also not a burden that you want to leave your family members with in in you know, in, in just throwing massive amounts of money at at the issue at hand. And yes. ultimately, there's no way of ever recovering. Okay, so how do we go about this now? Let's say that somebody is listening to this and is not in a, in a vegetative state, obviously, because otherwise he or she wouldn't be listening, but in planning for the future, which is what financial planning is all about, all about looking to the future. Yeah. What do you require in order to get this document? And um, also, how legal is it in South Africa? Okay, I also just want to mention that it, it should definitely not be, a living will should not be confused with, um, you know, euthanasia or assisted suicide. That is illegal in South Africa. Um, you know, a living will, so living will should definitely not be confused with that. Um, that's, like we mentioned, it's a statement of wishes where you are assisting your family members or your doctor in um stopping treatment or refusing treatment um, in a state where there's no light at the end of the tunnel, to, to put it like that. There's a fine um, line between there's a fine line between assisted suicide and also turning a machine off, I would think. And although yeah. in South Africa, they, as you said, assisted suicide is illegal, what happens mm. if somebody decides that they want to fly, to, they fly their family member or they themselves want to fly to Switzerland to a place like Dignitas, for example, and spend a fortune on assisted suicide where it is legal? Mm. Does, therefore, does that therefore mean that a valid living will has to be validated in Switzerland? I mean, I, these are complicated issues, but they're becoming more and more pertinent these days. Yeah, that is, um, yeah, Lindsay, that is a, like a, you know, that's a good question and it, it, it gets complicated. Um, I can't see, I mean, euthanasia is definitely illegal in South Africa. So it depends on if, if, if a person flies over to a country where it is legal, then obviously that can be done. Um, but obviously that will have to be discussed with your family members before, beforehand. You can't just, um, leave a document in South Africa to your family saying that you, you know, that you ultimately want to follow the route of euthanasia. Yeah. I can't see that that will be legal, but you are allowed to leave a document. Um, and I mean, the whole, the, the National Health Act sort of like backs that, that the whole concept of a living world where you have the right to refuse treatment. And I think that's where the, the grey area is, but you as a person of sound mind have the right to refuse treatment, um, but you don't have the right to, to end your life. Yes, indeed. Such. I mean, you put that in your piece. You say the National Health Act mm. affirms a person's right to refuse treatment, even if it may result in the shortening of one's life. In addition, the National Health Amendment Bill anticipates putting an end to doctors' responses and a family's consent to withdraw any treatment when an existing living will is in place. So the living will usurps any doctor's recommendations, for example. The doctor can't intervene yeah. because of the living will. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And if the if the doctor on his or her side also has the right to, you know, to honour this this document or not, and if they they're not comfortable with it, then obviously they can transfer treatment to another doc to another doc 
doctor that's that's willing to you know um willing to to honor the person's wishes you touched on what what makes the document valid or you know what should be in a, in a, in the document and there's basically only two requirements the person must be over the age of medical consent um and also sound of mind so you have to be like they say compass mentors compass mentors you have to be sound of mind you have to know what you are doing and the document that you are putting together and if you become unsound of mind so non compass mentors the document will still be valid so um and that's ultimately the only two requirements the document then can either stay with your family in a safe yes. um, and you should tell your family about it so that you talk about it beforehand or you can keep it with your financial advisor at the yeah i think the safest bet would be to to give it to a family member or to the, the to the the institution that's that's um set up your last will and testament so that the two can go hand in hand okay good before we get to the summary of uh, why we should have a living will or why we should consider having a living will let's have a look at the important note right at the end of the article which says power of attorney is not valid on becoming mentally incapable so the will is still valid the living will is still valid even if you lose your mind uh, but, but yeah. of course you you were you were off sound mind when you when you signed it but the power of attorney yes. isn't why is that Yeah so that's that's a little bit off topic but a lot of the time um you know you you might have an elderly granny um for example that that doesn't want to to look after her investments anymore she doesn't have the the mental capacity to do, no, I don't want to say mental capacity but she doesn't have the energy to look after her investments anymore she gives her son power of attorney to act on her behalf so the main requirement of a power of attorney is that you are allowed to give someone else that power of making the decisions on your behalf but mm. you have to be sound of mind right. and according to south african legislation if you become unsound of mind so if for example that granny gets alzheimers and cannot um clearly you know think anymore that power of attorney falls away so it's not valid anymore so as soon as a person becomes non-compass mentors the power of attorney will fall away and that is different to having a living will if you become unsound of mind um and you've set up a living will like you said while you were were still compass mentors that will still be honored um and just to touch on so if that granny for example gets alzheimers the next route to follow then if the if the children still wants to assist her in making her financial decisions you've got to go the the route of of curatorship so you've got to go to the master of high, high court and apply for the granny to be placed under curatorship and a curator will be appointed by the master of the high court to handle the the granny's affairs. Okay, let's summarize this now. Why should putting a living will in place be considered? Number 1, a living will speaks for you when you cannot speak for yourself. Number 2, it spares loved ones from the anguish in making life or death decisions. It also eliminates any emotionally straining arguments between family members over the present situation. Yeah, as I said before, the document usurps everything. Yeah. It cuts through all the emotions. Number 3, it allows yes. you to have your say in specific medical procedures and with regards to organ donation. Yeah, we've mentioned that. 4, yes. 
Yeah. It assists in containing the financial costs of dying. In the instance of no reasonable prospect of recovery, being put on a life support can be extremely expensive, which could place a significant financial burden on family members or reduce the value of the estate that you had bequeathed. And finally, and maybe yeah, a nice little sort of cherry of on the top. It gives you yeah. peace of mind, doesn't it? How many people? Yeah. Are, how many? Yeah. How many people are taking up the living will option? In your I experience, I want to mention, Lindsay. It's not for me. It's not enough. You know, it's not really peace of mind, but peace of mind to a certain extent. But Lindsay, um, you know, according from from our client base, quite a few. Um, you know, they're quite. Uh, I don't want to say likely a dear, but it does give them peace of mind, and especially, especially assisting their family members. So I, I almost want to say a third of clients that that does their 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 will, last will, and testament through us. Almost a third of them go the living will route. But I think it's still a concept that's very unknown um, in the South African market, and it's and it's something that some people might like. Um, but like you mentioned, it is a sensitive subject, and definitely we've got a whole department at Brentwood, our fiduciary department, so it's something that needs to be discussed with a professional and you need to be comfortable with what is stipulated in that document. Jolly good. Sonia, very tricky subject, very sensitive subject, but well described. Thank you very much. Sonia Duplessis is from Brenthurst Wealth in the Western Cape, and that was It's My Money. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.